even when you say to somebody, hey, that makes me feel, you know, really upset when you leave the kitchen like this. That makes me feel comment implies that the feelings going on inside of me were caused by this other human being, which of course isn't true. Every yeah. time we turn and say to someone, hey, that made me feel blah, 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 when you did da, 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 there's this whole blame thing integrated into that very sentence. There are autonomous people and there are belongers. And if you have an autonomous child, or if you're autonomous, the last thing in the world that's going to support um, behavioral shifts and changes is a controlling form of discipline. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adeshion, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Hello, good morning. My name is Kristen Hall. I'm the COO of Mother Honestly, and you are joining us on the Mother Honestly podcast, graciously hosted by Motor City Women Studios. And joining me today on the podcast is Catherine Winter Celery, who is the CEO of Conscious Parenting Revolution and the creator of the Guidance Approach to Parenting, along with two colleagues, a program that applies conflict resolution skills to communicating more effectively with children and adults. Catherine, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I'm so excited to learn more on this topic as well as your work. You've done a number of TED Talks, but would you be so kind and share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners? That is so great. Thank you so much, Kristen. It's really a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, so um, the Conscious Parenting Revolution has been around for um, about 20 years. And the course really began, I guess it began when I had my son, honestly, 25 years ago. That's when I became a full sort of like, hands-on practicer of conscious parenting and aware of my own unconscious parenting. <laughs> so, you know, it was really about um, learn as you go, build the plane as you fly it. I think that's really every parent's journey is that we don't know what we don't know and we don't know where our transgenerational trauma is impacting our approach to problem solving and collaboration. We don't know when we're creating the retaliation, the rebellion, and the resistance that we end up spending all of our time focused on trying to solve. So it's really just been my own journey, and as a result of having children, trying to find a way to parent in a loving, compassionate, um, understanding approach that doesn't harvest the three R's, that doesn't harvest the breakdowns in the relationship where there can actually be revealed, honest, authentic conversations, even if I don't like what I'm hearing. That's a really great perspective. And I think a lot of times parents shy away from kind of those difficult, if we don't see it, if we kind of put our head in the sand, it'll totally. go away. Um, and I love that you have kind of really taken this head on and to create a, you know, a method to help parents kind of address some of these really, these really, you know, hard topics. And I think for a lot of parents, one that really, it's, it's scary. And you, you brought up a great point that I, I love that, you know, you build it as we go. And that I think a lot of parents want this manual, everything's kind of laid out. And unfortunately, you know, the honest truth is, unfortunately, it's not going to be like that. But you have, you published a bunch of um, 
publications as well as books. Could you tell me a little bit more about those for our listeners? Sure. So actually, um, I worked really closely with Dr. Louise Porter, who wrote the book Children Are People Too. And she, um, she was the keynote speaker at an, a conference that I went to, which was for Thomas Gordon's Parent Effectiveness Training, at which point I'd become a PET instructor. And so it was so amazing to me to have this woman on stage who actually differed in some ways from Gordon. And one of my other heroes who I trained with, Marshall Rosenberg, who founded the Center for Nonviolent Communication and is the father of restorative justice. So it was like one more fresh perspective. And that's what I mean by build the plane as you fly it is every stretch of you know, runway, we're working with whatever the best and highest is that we know at the time. And, and then you get a little you know, elevation going and all of a sudden you find, oh wow, there's, there's more, but wait, there's more. So every stretch of the way, there's been somebody or something that's come along that has given me a bigger perspective around even having a conversation. So the big, the big like, whoa, are you kidding with that, that introduction and that guided a lot of what's now integrated in my program was this awareness that even when you say to somebody, hey, that makes me feel you know, really upset when you leave the kitchen like this. That makes me feel comment implies that the feelings going on inside of me were caused by this other human being, which of course isn't true. Every yeah. time we turn and say to someone, hey, that made me feel blah, 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 when you did da, 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 there's this whole blame thing integrated into that very sentence. So that took me back to the, like, the core, to the roots of the most rudimentary conversations. Like, how do I even talk about my feelings in a way that's actually truthful? <laughs> and that's we a all huge have them. Yeah, because we all have and, them. <laughs> and it's, for me, that hits very poignantly as I have a four-year-old with a developmental delays, and we've really been working on one of the things is recognizing emotions and yes. getting him to understand, you know, um, kind of bringing him up to the level of his peers with emotional understanding. And just as you were saying that, I always tell people when I'm recording these podcasts and furiously writing notes down, um, because just how much that is ingrained into how we speak totally. to one another. And I, as soon as you said that, I thought back to, you know, last night and I'm like, well, that's something that we just said to change the rhetoric and how in which we speak to one another and what we read and how we interpret it. So I, I think your program's amazing. Um, how often do you usually run your programs? Is it open enrollment? Tell me a little bit more for our listeners how they might be able to sure. join you on your program. Yeah, you know, I've actually run my programs in person for 15, 16, 17 years. I'm just, I'm like such a newbie in this world of um, running them online. However, having said that, um, I'm getting up to speed and I am launching a course that starts on Monday, the 29th of June. So we're just about little under a less, less than a month away. And every Monday, I'll actually have a pre-recorded, bite-sized, digestible lesson that will be put into the library on Monday. And over the course of a week, we'll start integrating that. And on Thursdays, I'm actually going to be on Zoom three times a day. So that if you're in Europe, you can join. If you're in Asia, you can join. If you're in America, you can join. So the three time zones are geared. And if you're wanting to be on each and every one of those calls, come join. So it really is my opportunity to help people with 
you know, this is, I get it, it's true. Just like our conversation a minute ago, I can't really blame you for my feelings, yet I have them. <laughs> and I know you catalyzed it, so you somehow are the fault. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, all those great distinctions that are really hard to integrate yeah. into the way we truly live our lives. So that's what Thursday is going to be for. Thursday is going to be for those coaching calls where we get together and we build community and we share. I heard the lesson on Monday. I get it. I ate it. I drank it. I've listened to it 50 times and I'm still having trouble integrating. So what's coming up in you that's getting in the way of you being able to live the truth of those words, the truth of other people don't make us feel? What's getting in the way? Well, probably a lifetime of programming and before you, the lifetime before that of programming. And let's say it goes back to the beginning of time, shall we? So it's not easy for us yeah. to actually integrate. And this is what I found teaching for such a long time is that people come back over and over again. And it's because the, the road between knowing something here and in our hearts is actually a huge road. It's a road of integration. And it's peppered with one situation after another, after another, after another in our daily lives, where we're coming up against our own unconscious beliefs. And how do we actually recognize, turn, face those and be like, yeah, I hear that, you know, inside of me, there's something that really is hung up on this way. And yet there's another part of me that realizes that that's outdated. And how do we it, like it, get there? It's fascinating. And I like that you have created a way in which to communicate people that it, you meet them with what their learning style might be. So I'm sure an in-person session is very different experience face-to-face, -face, but adapting to an online community, um, it already sounds like you found different ways in which to give people, you know, further different le learning styles. Some people love to get on Zoom calls and interact and engage. Other people like to sit back and just listen to the dialogue and take it in that way. So I love that you've given people a, kind of a different framework for each week. Um, it's something definitely I'm going to check out. I'm going to, because we're working oh, on uh, emotional intelligence a little bit more with my husband um, and my son <laughs> as we work through these. So I will. <laughs> it's so funny. You will also, for years, yes, I noticed that by like week three, whatever those stories were about this kid, that kid, or the other kid, they were all about the husband. Um. Yep. <laughs> It proves true time and time oh, again. So true. It's just human dynamics is the reality, is that it actually it, is all of our relationships. Exactly. And one thing I want to go back to, because it really kind of struck a chord a little bit with what we're seeing in this COVID time, is you mentioned that a lot of what you do works with nonviolent communication. And yeah. unfortunately, with what's going on, we kind of have taken away a lot of great support systems for families, mm -hmm. children, um, individuals. And now mm -hmm. we're in with a very kind of stressful, definitely stressful environment. Um, mental health, we've seen kind of diminish a little sure. bit, both in what we're reading in articles, as well as what we're hearing from kind of the Mother Honestly community. Could you share mm -hmm. any insight mm -hmm. on maybe what you're seeing or any kind of additional guidance on kind of... Um, we want people to operate, of course, in a nonviolent communication. Um, and that's, I think, one of the things that we've seen, especially for women and children, is that unfortunately the domestic violence has yeah. increased during it's this so period. It's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. So, you know, when you're dealing with yourself and, and what's coming up for you that could be giving rise to your feelings of anger and frustration and so forth and so on, you know, the ability to be um, the observer 
of your own world is what gives you the freedom to be present to what really is without you know denying it or repressing it but at the same time the key to my training is that you not be merged with it you not lose your identity in it you not think you know i just am furious i am furious i am this i am that when you start to use the ims and become identified with your internal states then you're no longer an observer of something in you you are you are that you have lost your identity into this feeling state or this thought that you're stuck on so i like to cultivate within people inner dialogue and support them with being able to shift just that ever tiny bit to be able to say something in me is and then fill in the sentence because just when you add that one little sentence something in me you realize okay well i am with that thing that's in me and at the same time you recognize it's almost like you're turning toward it and if you're turning toward and looking at something in you you realize it's not who you are now that gives people space that's the breath that everybody wants that's the pause but how to find the pause when you're totally merged with the state i don't think it's possible i think people need that inner dialogue to be able to be able to create that space within so part of it is creating the something in me language and the joy of that is that not only can you do that with your own inner dialogue but you can support someone in your world doing it so if it's whoever it is in your world that is furious rather than just reflecting back wow you're really furious you would do the something in you is furious you would start giving them the support that they need to begin to disidentify with whatever it is going on for them and that to me gives everybody that little slice where you can start to build space between what's going on in you and the fact that you're merged with it and we all know with high emotion we tend to get merged like it's just the way it is so to create space you have to have tools it doesn't happen without the tools so i love this one it's my favorite this is the inner dialogue work of eugene gendland that um who again i got to study his work as well and this is part of that tapestry where over the years i realized wow you know you got to you got to find that something to help parents who get triggered by their kids their tanks are empty they have no more bandwidth they're probably working if they're not working they're overwhelmed by the constant demands of children anywhere on the spectrum where it's just like i am human i only have so much patience i only have so much understanding and then my tank is empty so the self compassion piece is important the inner dialogue work is important not only for yourself but to support the other with not merging with that state and if you can whatever it is for you you know for me it's meditation for other people it's centering prayer for other people they have a practice whatever that practice is that gets you to the point where you're actually just really so much bigger and create space inside we need the space to be able to handle the less than perfect around us and once we have the space other people and what they're going through we can create more healthy responses to if we don't have the space we're just in a reactive pattern and that usually is just fuel for the fire
Exactly. I think that's a huge, what we hear so much is people say it's that trapped feeling, it's that yes. burnout feeling where the space is gone and that you are feeling everything rapid fire, reactionary. So I, I, I think that's a great perspective. Um, whether you're in a pandemic or not, I think it applies yes. to, you know, everything you're going through, but especially now when I think people are running on so much on empty, they're not yeah, recharging, they're not them. figuring out kind of how to get through it. Um, and you also, one thing I really liked about kind of your background that you've done over, and I think it's very relevant as well, is that you really talk about pe helping people ability to transcend their past trauma, their current dysfunction, yeah. and their ongoing negative self-talk. And there was a word that you said when you were going over that is the joy of helping mm. people mm. find that space or identify mm. that. And it triggered for me very mm. quickly is that your framework in which you apply it Mm. is within that positive space. Mm. So what have you found with helping people get past the trauma, current dysfunction, or ongoing negative self-talk? How do we move into that positive sphere? Yeah. You know, and just tying it back to COVID right now as well, because I do think, I call it the COVID pressure cooker. So what COVID has done is it's taken away what I would call like some of our coping strategies. And the coping strategies often with dysfunctional patterns is that we just get away from them. <laughs> we get to go yeah. to school or we get to go to work or we get to go to have coffee with a friend or we get to go have lunch or we get to go for, you know, whatever it is, those doors have closed. A lot of them have closed. And so what would help dissipate the dysfunctional patterns, we don't have access to. And now we're trapped in physical spaces together where patterns that don't work and we could manage, we can't manage anymore. And so I found there's been a huge uptick with my own practices <laughs> and the people that are in the community is that I'm now spending more time working with families, like the whole family, mom, dad, the kids. And I'll get on the phone with each one of them on Zoom because mom and dad think that child A is the issue. Um, but I'm sure if I were to get on the phone with child A, Child A would think mom and dad were the problem, right? So, I mean, it's really the perspective taking of each and every person in the dynamic. After a while, what you realize is everybody in the circle, it's not about the dancers, it's about the dance. And that is the freedom. The freedom is realizing that there is actually no one to blame. Everyone is under a spell. And they're under a spell of a transgenerational pattern that they grew up in and their parents grew up in and before that and before that and before that. And it truly, for me, it goes back to like the beginning of time. These dysfunctional patterns have been existing within family systems and they just get passed down from generation to generation. So if you're coming into it with this perspective of, I, I know harm is done. And yet those people who are doing the harm are under some spell. And if we can support them to pop out and be able to be the observer of the way that they're being and recognize that the pattern that they're, they're living in is the pattern that's creating all of these retaliatory, rebellious, resentful, resistance. I mean, it is that pattern that's creating all the problems that everybody's spending all their time with. So then what do I do instead? How do I problem solve? What is collaborative problem solving? I, I, I help people get out of the patterns and then sort of in beginner's mind thinking of, well, then, but I still want them to do their homework or I still want them to clean up the kitchen or I still want them to be motivated. 
And I'm like, well, you know, self-motivation isn't outer control. Outer control is the antithesis of self-motivation. So if you want them to find it from within intrinsically, all of this stuff is getting in the way of that. So yeah. let's get this out of the way so that what is the natural river of life, the compulsion that's, that is there, Jenlin used to say, everything has within it its own next steps forward. So all trauma that blocks those next steps, if we can get that out of the river, then the river of life takes over. It's not like we have to plan out every step. We just have to stop getting in the way of damning what would normally happen. And it's magic. <laughs> it is. And I think you use a lot of great imagery with your, um, how you describe these kind of what would be the, in our very complex processes that you break it down in such a way that people can visualize, you know, that dam clearing or not getting in the yes. way of building up that dam back up. And once it's open and then, you know, will naturally the inertia of that person's willing to be self-motivated would carry yes. forward. But I love that it gives everyone a very clear path on which to follow the process. And I, which I the love. one I think, thing I want to just mention at this point is because it's so important and I don't know, we might be in our last few minutes. I'm not sure, but I got to say this is that, you know, there are autonomous people and there are belongers. And if you have an autonomous child or if you're autonomous, the last thing in the world that's going to support um, behavioral shifts and changes is a controlling form of discipline. The minute you say, come do this, or you have to do this <laughs> for an autonomous child, it's like, it's like waving a red flag. You can't make me is all they can think about is no, it, no, you can't make me. So the minute you use that controlling form with an autonomous child, they're going to prove that they are self-directed no matter what you do. Well, okay, fine. No TV. Fine. I hate TV. All right. No dessert. That's great. I don't even like that stupid dessert. Okay, go to your room. I love my room. Thank you. Like there is no thing you can do from that external motivating like world to get an autonomous child to do it. A belonger, someone who's concerned about what you think about them, who's much more interested in pleasing you, who cares about your like demeanor toward them. Well, you can use that with them and they will change their behavior on the basis of wanting you to continue to be okay with them. They also build up resentment towards you, but it comes out later right? But in the moment, an autonomous child is very, very revealed and will just simply say, forget it. I won't do it. So this is where oh. I just want to interject that so that the people who might be in the audience who were like, well, yeah, but you've never met my child. <laughs> I want to say, oh, yes, I have over and over again. That's all the people that come to me are the ones with autonomous children who can't use a controlling form of discipline because those kids just draw a little line in the sand and they're like, make me. And parents are like, oh my God, no matter what I threaten, is, is there something more juicy I can threaten um, with because I can't get them to do it on that basis and you never will. It's amazing. It's absolutely, I think that's a fabulous <laughs> point. And I, I realized very quickly today, I have an autonomous child and I am an autonomous <laughs> individual and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> so this is, this has been my light bulb moment and I hope it is for our listeners as well. I always like to end our podcast with two things. One, you know, 2020 has obviously changed a little bit um, since when we kind of started out the year. I think we all had these grand ambitions of yeah. we were going to make 2020 amazing. We still are, but in a different yeah. way. 
um, besides the program that you have coming up in June, which is a wonderful series, which will tell our listeners a little bit more how to how to connect with that. Um, do you have any personal, professional, family goals that you're trying to do now with the change of what we've seen in the year, kind of for the rest of 2020? Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. So I also every Thursday at 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern, I have a free webinar where I get on with an audience who who shows up. And this week, um, every week I kind of tweak what I'm talking about. This week is really about collaborative problem solving, and it is it is the it is the antidote. I mean, it. It's very organic though. So every week, I don't know when this podcast will go up, but if, whatever the week is, you can just go to my website, ConsciousParentingRevolution.com and you'll see join the free webinar where you just click on the button, give your details, and then we'll forward you a link to join in. And, um, and you can just come with anything that you're grappling with and I can support. And also I usually try to just give like some framework for change some framework for improvement. So no matter what the dynamic is, if it's between you and a child or you and a husband or you and a wife or you and your kids, there's some support there to have like a fresh, a fresh new perspective on what could possibly be done. For me, 2020 is really about, um, you know, it's interesting when I talk about COVID pressure cooker and I talk about these patterns that have gotten to the point where people are at their breaking point, that is the best possible outcome that has come from COVID, is that there are people now who are creating a new um, family system that only happened because it got as bad as it did. And that gave rise to a decision to make something different that probably never would have happened because you know it takes a lot of effort and there's some pain involved. And so people tend to do the opposite. I'll just yes. make do. I'll just make do. It's good enough. You know what I mean? But to really get underneath it and make those, those enormous dynamic changes that there are families out there who will never be healthier than as a result of making choices to take on what wasn't working. And so that to me is like the silver lining is that what could come out of this are people that are more centered, more compassionate, more loving and able to deal with no in a way that I like for parents to deal with it is a practice of hearing every no is a yes to something inside of the child or a yes to something inside of the person saying no to you. And when you get curious about what they're saying yes to inside, that's another avenue for connection. Because we know everything is about connection. When we feel connected to someone and we feel like they get us, then we, there's like something opens up inside of us. There's a heart connection where we all of a sudden are considerate of them too. So if we learn how to connect to the no, as opposed to thinking of it as, you know, rebellious or, um, you know, disrespectful or something like that, and we step away from that idea, then it all of a sudden becomes an opportunity for connection. That's great. I Catherine, I think you've hit it to so many impactful takeaways for struggling parents right now. I'm so overjoyed that we had you on the podcast. I, yeah. I always tell people again, as I'm writing down, you'll see there's seriously written notes, but I think anyone that listens to the episode is going to take away something that's going to help them either personally 
within their family unit or within, you know, with their kids. And I think that we don't always get those on each episode. We usually get something that hits, you know, for one or two or that. There's a couple great things. But I think here we've given people so much to ingest. And I'm so excited for them to follow along with what you're doing. Uh, you offer so many great resources. Um, remind us again, the best website and Instagram handle to find you on so that our listeners can seek you out further. Yeah, thank you so much. So it's Catherine um, Winter Celery. And for the website, it's ConsciousParentingRevolution.com. And every, every week I have a new blog that I put up. Every one of those blogs is going to support people. So if, you know, if they're looking for something, if any of you are looking for something that, you know, maybe there's something in the blogs, the blogs are rich and there are lots of other like resources in every one of the blogs that support people as well. The webinars on Thursday, whatever your time zone is, three or nine Eastern. And then the course, the training that's coming up on June 29th starts Monday. It's going to be for 12 weeks where Every Monday, there's the content. Every Thursday, there's the support. So twice a week, essentially. And then you're journaling. You're working with it. You're integrating it. I've learned over the years, give people a bite. And with every bite that you feel, you can start to make a difference. You can integrate. Don't overwhelm. I've done lots of overwhelming over the years. So I'm learning how to give bite-sized pieces. Because when you take the bite and you integrate it, you start to see the shifts. And there's nothing more That's exciting. Amazing. Yeah. So I love it. I'm so excited. We'll definitely, for our listeners, share your program coming up on all of the great resources, especially the program coming up on the 29th. I think that's a wonderful awesome. thing for people to join to. Catherine, thank you so, so much thank for joining you. me today on the podcast. It's so great. It's a wonderful experience. Stay safe, stay well, stay you ambitious, too. and we will see you in the coming days. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, head on over to motherhonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mother Honestly. Love our podcast? We want to hear from you. Please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious.